Hey, hello, and welcome to the PlayStation Report. I am Frank. This is episode, I believe, 269. Nice, nice. Uh, and I'm joined by Tyler. How you doing? I am doing okay. Uh, it's been I two love weeks. 269s. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Gotta love that. It's a good number. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, what's up, my dude? Oh, not much. Yeah, it's been been two weeks since uh, we've talked and recorded a show. It was funny. We put up a way too early PlayStation like or just summer predictions last week, and then a bunch of fucking news happened. Yeah, uh, which uh, was funny. You know, <laughs> and, and some of that news hints to well, at least one piece of news I see here hints to a thing that I predicted that I think is actually going to happen now. <laughs> hmm, okay. Uh, wait, let me let me see if did you put that uh, document with the uh, with the uh, predictions in our in our shared drive here? Um, you know what? Or no, you, is uh, that in your own personal drive? I think. Let me hold on, because I I think I remember now. I think I accidentally created it in my own personal one. So let me. I can copy and paste it quick. Yeah, that's all good. Uh, but yeah, uh, we we did those predictions, and news happened, and uh, some of those predictions are more likely than others to happen at this <laughs> point. Um, but yeah, as it's been like two weeks since we've recorded, we're probably going to miss some of the things that happened over the last two weeks, uh, and that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. We don't want we don't want to burden you with three hours of listening, man. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> It's yeah, but we do have a show with plenty of things to talk about. Um, yeah. Also, I'm not even sure where to begin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, also we um we're recording on a Saturday night, a Saturday night podcast. I feel like there's a a different energy. So that's fun. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've been day drinking all day, and to kind of wake <laughs> myself up, I am. I'm drinking coffee after I've had my alcohol. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so my stomach loves me. Yeah, definitely. Definitely your body um, does love you. Yeah. Um, and what a body it is, uh, Tyler. <laughs> I, I'm, actually, I'm not going to get into any bodily stuff right now because uh, that just doesn't seem right uh, <laughs> for this podcast. Um, yeah. Yeah. And well, man, I guess we saved the listeners from F1 talk this week because we're going to get a double dose next week, I think, right? We have two back-to-back weekends, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could talk about qualifying, which was... Yeah, we could. It was kind of weird. Yeah. It was a weird qualifying session, ultimately. And kind of like, I felt like it ended with a total, like, just fart. Like... <laughs> Just because the last uh, last session was just kind of weird, and the wind picked up, and no one really improved their times, and it was kind of a, a strange qualifying overall. In yeah, I, I went back and looked at. Uh, I didn't watch qualifying, but I went back and looked at at quality times, and I saw like some people actually set better times in Q two than Q three. Yeah, and yeah, I think literally the only one that improved was uh, Valtteri. Yeah. And he ended up on pole just by literally a, a dick hair. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was it was kind of weird. I, I mean, Verstappen would have had pole, but he had his time deleted, um, 
Which is just a weird thing with F1. Like, I understand track limits, and I feel like they've been very hard on track limits since since Bahrain. Um, well, hey, this is only second race since Bahrain, but I feel like it's been more of a thing. And it's kind of a strange thing. Like, on Max's lap that would have been pole, he was coming off a of turn four, and his car got a little squirrely. And he saved it, but he ended up going wide off the corner a little bit to save his car. His choice was either to go wide and save it or to crash. But his time gets deleted uh, for that. I just think sometimes that stuff's kind of weird. Like Because in my opinion, in that instance, he wasn't really gaining an advantage. He was just saving his car. What's the mm-hmm. point in deleting his time? Um, but if he if he just went wide to carry more speed and gain an advantage, I totally get that in deleting times there. So I don't know. It was kind of a weird thing. I think it's yeah, weird with how all the telemetry F1... and data that's available, like they should be able to make that call. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's weird how F one polices that sometimes because I'm like, dude, that like the dude had literally no choice, <laughs> and you're just gonna delete his time. But whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, it should be an interesting race. I mean, tomorrow. he did have a choice. He had, he could have chosen to uh, do the corner better. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, it, ultimately, yeah, I guess it could have. It does come back to that. Um, um, but, but yeah. Yeah, then again, <laughs> yeah, the advantage point stands. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, well, I guess we'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah. Uh I, I I did watch Indy. If we're gonna stick with uh, some some racing here, I did watch some some Indy car. I watched that. Uh, what, what was it? Uh, Miami? Or no, not Miami. Saint uh, Saint Petersburg. Saint Petersburg. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was in Florida somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, the Saint Petersburg race. I I saw Grosjean slapping the walls and uh, very happy that his car doesn't explode like it would in F one. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. I mean, not literally, but also literally in ways yeah uh, but yeah those those cars can take a beating definitely yeah yeah i think they're racing in texas this weekend and tonight oh like yeah right now the oval racing Wait, it, i think oh, they're doing oh, a back to uh or a back-to-back at texas tonight and tomorrow okay wait i guess this is the one where we could find out if grosjean is doing uh uh ovals or yeah. not yeah I'm yeah, gonna look I'm not, that up. I'm not sure car if he is qualifying. Um, but yeah, I mean, ovals are like a different beast from anything that uh, mm-hmm. Grosjean has done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. What do we have here? I don't. I don't see him on here. Uh oh. I, I don't. Th- I don't think Grosjean's <laughs> doing ovals. Darn. Yeah, that sucks. Um, but also, I I kind of understand it. Like, that's. That's something that you don't just like jump into, <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot of these, a lot of drivers like that do ovals. Like that's the that's their thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was at. Um, I, I didn't even see Jimmy Johnson on there. Hold on. No, he's not. He's not doing the ovals. Wow. Yeah. Which I I think you think weird. that would be the thing he'd do. Yeah, definitely. I don't even think from what I read when he announced he was going to IndyCar last year, I don't even think he's trying to run the Indy five hundred, which I think is fucking insane. Like that's the the race if you're an IndyCar mm-hmm. driver. And you know, there's a lot of dudes that just do that race sometimes too every year and so 
I don't know. I think that's kind of weird. I, like, but also, he, he doesn't look very good in an Indy no, car. He, he really doesn't. He really doesn't. What I do no. enjoy, however, are his Carvana ads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Those have made it worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. He's, he's kind of goofy. Yeah. I was at a, a reason why I needed to delay today a little bit is I was we were down at um, my our brother-in-law's. Uh, they just had a baby, and so we were down visiting him. First of all, uh, he was born a little bit premature. This this dude is four pounds, a, a Ooh, human. That's a, that's, a, that's a, he's just a little guy. Oh my dude, he is so small. Like he's smaller than my cats, and I was like just blown away. I'm like I I don't know if I've ever seen a human this small with my two eyes. But anyways. Sometimes um, when you create a character, it's just a little guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they had um, the Kentucky Derby on down there when we were down. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh-huh. I don't get the Kentucky Derby. I just don't. I, I know a ton of people like those things. I don't get it. That horse run fast, <laughs> dude. Yeah, but the whole thing is on from two thirty to seven, and they don't run the race until like six fifty five. And it lasts for two minutes. So I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about for all this time? Like, you, are you kidding me? I don't know. I don't get that event. Or the other two. Whatever they are for the Triple Crown. But. I mean, ho- horse racing is traditionally for rich people to bet their oh, money yeah. on. Oh, yeah. I mean, one, there was a shitload of people there. Um, they and... Tom Brady looked like a serial killer. I've seen the photos. <laughs> yeah, he really does. He, he did. And, yeah, I mean, you just look around at everyone when they showed the uh, crowd. It was just like everyone here is just a rich white person. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't get this event. I just don't. But, yeah. Oh, well. Uh, all right, that's enough about racing. <laughs> uh, horses or... Motorsport. Um, yeah, we talk about it all. Yeah. I. Yeah. Uh, we should also talk about video games, because it has been two weeks. Uh, and I, I've played some... I've played some... I've played a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Tyler... Have you, I don't... I, hmm... Have you played the Pokemon Snap? I'm going to lead with Pokemon Snap. <laughs> I have not played Pokemon Snap, no. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to say I'm, I'm probably not cut out for photography. <laughs> um, not going well? Well, I mean, I can get the points I need to get. Like, I can get photos that score high, but when I go look back at them... Like these photos are a fucking mess, and I don't want to show anybody any of this. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I've seen like other people online taking some pretty nice pictures of Pokemon, and I'm like, damn, I wish I could live that life. And then I try, and I'm like, I I should probably take a class for this if I want to actually do any kind of photography. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, you're on it's. It's a it's a rail shooter where you're taking pictures of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever play the original on N64? No, I never had access to an N64. Actually. Okay. I I only played it. Man, I don't know. 
it's it's got to be five six years ago. I can't remember. Sam brought over his N sixty four one night, and we like played through it. <laughs> That's the only time I've really played that game, um, and I enjoyed it. Uh, it was very simple. Um, so, yeah, uh, to me, I'm like I'm interested in that game, but I just don't think I can bring myself to pay sixty dollars for it. But at the same time, yeah, that surprised it's a me when game. I pulled up. Yeah, I pulled up the store page for it. I'm like, they want sixty dollars for Pokemon Stat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, man, like Nintendo games never drop in price though. So, but may but they do go on sale at some point. So maybe that's when I'll get it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, seems seems all right though. It seems visually like good. You know, yeah, it, it looks good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you got anything, Tyler? Because I, uh, the other two I've got, I don't. I'm not sure how much I'm going to talk about. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got three things. Um, so first, uh, just have played more Ratchet and Clank up your arsenal. I'm almost done with it. Um, from what I can remember, um, that game is just. Continuing, continuing to be uh, a blast to play, and uh, yeah, I'm really glad I went back to it. Also, just some very challenging sections that I'm like, am I just like misremembering how hard this game was, or am I just worse at video games? Probably the latter, because um, there's there's just a couple spots that were totally kicking my ass. But it's that's the beauty about Ratchet and Clank is like. Uh, especially when you're deep into the game and you have so many uh, weapons in your arsenal, like you can just keep trying anything to really get through the situation. Um, and and so that, that stuff has ended up being really fun. So hopefully going to have that finished really soon. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know because, yeah, it, it's not too much to talk about it, but did you watch that state of play of the new Ratchet and Clank? I watched the trailer. Uh, I didn't watch the State of Play live, but I did watch that trailer. And uh, damn, yeah, just damn, that looks good. <laughs> oh my god, I, I won't be able to play it. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I watched the State of Play, and I'm like, dude, this game looks fucking unbelievable. Um, the combat looks so good. Like, there's these rifts that you can jump around in in combat, like Doom. You know, like grappling mm-hmm. and yeah. doom. I'm like, oh my god, it's gonna be so good. And and the areas uh, seem to be a lot more open. And man, the the level of detail that they had in that world was just stunning. I I, I can't wait to to play it. Um, it looks very good. I don't need to see any more of it. Um, yeah. So yeah, did that. Um, I have played more Outriders. Um, I am at level twenty eight. And I think I'm almost done with it. I feel like I'm story-wise getting there. Um, had some boss fights. Had some really awful story moments that they tried to really, really play up as being epic and emotional. And I was laughing the whole fucking time. Um, have done a ton of side quests where I'm just shooting big stuff. Uh, some really awesome combat encounters that were really f- challenging and fun to get through. Um so I'm kind of, you know, in the same spot, you know, with this game where I'm enjoying playing it uh, a lot and 
the story just it just sucks. It sucks so bad. Like I feel like my the character that they make and they have created in this world as the main character that you play. And I, I mean, you can customize pieces of them and everything. Of course, you can customize the look. But at least, you know, I chose a male character. And yeah. the voice that you get, I feel like it's literally like taking like a high school jock and throwing him in this situation. And mm. the way he talks, I'm like, dude, this so does not fit this fucking game world at all. It's horrible. I just I cannot believe that they went with this. Um, and, yeah, there's just a lot of moments that just made me laugh. But, you know, some really cool boss fights. And, and you know, I've gotten some really cool fucking weapons now. I'm starting to get, like, orange legendaries. And some of them fucking wreck shop. I have all the skills unlocked now. And some of the later skills are just so much fun um i have one that's literally just eruption and it just fucking blows shit up with fire it's it's so cool um it's just yeah i just haven't really felt like this with a video game in a long time where i'm like i just love playing this game but i fucking cannot stand the story like at all (laughs) or any of these characters it's just wild Mm. um but yeah i feel like i'm getting towards the end which is kind of some things that have happened. And then one thing with that game, you know, one thing I really like is the inventory management and their whole quick marking uh, for, like, deleting items, uh, I think yep. is super smart and, and I think would be awesome if something like Destiny put that in there. Um, but then, at least where I'm at, I feel like the enemies haven't really evolved too much. Now, I did just run into, like, a new type of enemy, which has been a little difficult, um, because they are a little bit different, but they're not totally different than what I've been fighting the entire time. So that's, that's the one thing, is I felt like, I feel like, you know, 20 hours in at this point, some of the enemy variety has kind of been a little bit of the same, um, in, 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 I know a lot of games are like that where you're kind of fighting the same enemies over and over again. It's just kind of about the different combinations that they throw at you. I think I'm only feeling it more in this game because of how much gets thrown at you. Like these, some of these combat scenarios are so long and intense because um, they're just throwing so many enemies at you. Um, so feeling that a little bit, but yeah. So hopefully going to have this game finished soon too. Yeah. Have you played any any Outriders at all? Are you done with it? Not going back to it? I don't know if I can. I like I'm at the point where I'm like, there's there's actually other stuff right now that I'd rather be playing. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's part of the reason why I'm trying to finish it up too, because I'm like, I, I want to, I would just want to play some other stuff. So, um, yeah, uh, it's 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 a fine game, I guess. Um, and then I have played. Some Returnal. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so Housemark's latest, uh, the, I guess, second major PlayStation 5 first-party exclusive. Um, So I'm not... Basically, the only other one is Demon's Souls, um, Mm. since Miles Morales is on PS4, but... 
so yeah, this game's only on PlayStation Five, and um, I think it it does a lot of really really awesome stuff. Um, I I I like a lot of this game so far. So it is basically a triple A roguelike, and that's that's exactly like what it is. Like if you die, you literally start over and with everything, except some permanent unlocks that like your pistol or your melee weapon that you find in the world and i think visually this game is just fucking stunning and and you know the atmosphere that housemark has created is just so amazing and it, it, it's you know a lot of people have compared it to metroid or alien to me it's a lot more like alien um that franchise just because it's you alone on this planet and and you're just discovering a lot of really fucking strange stuff and there is so much fascinating stuff that you run into and just environmental storytelling that I have just adored so far um so housemark is just I feel like really knocked it out of the park and I'm only in the first area because this game is fucking hard. <laughs> oh. Like, pretty fucking hard. Um, and it's not one of those things where I feel like I can't overcome it. Um, but, it, they, I mean, they, they, they throw a lot at you. And if you don't have the right weapon, or, you know, if you have, um, you know, some status effect on you that, that's kind of hurting you, I mean, it, it could end your run. And then, boom, you start over. Um and and it kind of has that that action feel that Housemark is known for, but instead it's a third person shooter. So there's enemies that are shooting these stream of bullets at you that are all colored, and you're dodging them like like in a normal Housemark game. You can dash through the 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 enemies' uh, attacks and and you know not get hurt uh, like in a lot of Housemark games. Um, there's, there's a lot of good stuff like that. And, uh, so the, the moment to moment gameplay is pretty fucking sweet. Some of the weapons that I found so far, so far I've kind of found this pistol that also has different alt fires on, which I'll get to that. Um, I've found a machine gun and kind of a shotgun sort of thing. The shotgun, I feel like I'm having a hard time getting used to. Um, but the machine gun, I just, that's, that's my like go-to sort of weapon, but you know, because it's a rogue, roguelike game, you know, it's not really guaranteed what you're going to run into. Mm. Um, but I do feel like the game is paced out pretty well in terms of, uh, giving you enough resources and pacing out the combat versus the exploration and the storytelling and, and just finding different stuff to help you along. Um, so, there is no way to really heal yourself uh, unless you literally find certain, like, potions or fabricate them, which you can make stuff based off of uh, currency that you pick up, um, or you can trade that currency for ether. Uh, ether you use to, um, basically, there's these chests or these other items around that are malignant, and so... You might get something good out of that, but it might put a negative 
status effect on you. Um, that the only way to get rid of that is to complete some sort of challenge that is randomized. Um, and then there's also parasites that you can add, uh, which has a bonus and a negative side to them. Um, so there's a lot of things like that where I'm finding where, you know, you get something out of it, but there's always something on the flip side of it. Um, I'm, there's not a ton of stuff I feel so far that it's just like, yeah, this is just a bonus to you. Um, mm -hmm. which kind of adds to that challenge, I guess. Um, so yeah, the gameplay, you know, is really good. And, and so far I got to the first boss and I got about halfway through him and I was kicking his ass. And then I'm like, shit, you have two more health bars and your health <laughs> bars are very long. Like this, like the game just is not fucking around. And I'm like, holy shit, this is the first fucking boss. And it took me an hour to get here. It was a pain in the ass. And this dude's a pain in the ass. So I feel like it's a game that you really have to dedicate time to, to get that reward out of it. I'm certainly going to give this game a lot more time. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it is difficult, which, you know, I'm so intrigued by the story in the world that it's almost a slight bummer that there's kind of no real difficulty options. And it also just makes me think of like, like I, I am really enjoying this game, but I'm like, this is why Hades is so good to me because Hades, you can make that game hard. There are ways to make it easier, but it still doesn't make it so easy that you're just going to rip through the game. Um, and then the one thing with this game that I think there's just not much there so far compared to Hades is just the feeling of progression. Like in Hades, no matter what you did, no matter how long that your run went, you were progressing towards something that would benefit you. And in this game, the progression really isn't there. Um, there's, like I said, there's some permanent unlocks you get, but once you get them, your runs are actually immediately harder and permanently changed because of the things that you just got. So, like the melee weapon, for example, can do certain things. Uh, I got that. I died, and then when I started my next run, the melee weapon in the things that that can do was immediately incorporated in that run, which is cool, mm -hmm. but it also makes it just a little bit more harder. Um, so the progression, I don't know. I feel like there's not a lot to it, um, but it is yeah, it I, is a neat game. But go ahead. Yeah, I, I think that maybe some of the problems that Returnal is running into here is stuff that Hades solved by being an early access game for so long mm -hmm. and yeah. getting that kind of feedback. Um, yeah, I, I really do feel like it's going to be interesting to see how much Returnal changes over the next year if, if they do, like, if they are committed to uh, developing for that game or if Housemark is going to go on to the next thing. We'll We'll see, but, like, I really do think like a a rogue like is a thing that's like it's hard to tune like what mm -hmm. feels good as progress yeah um from run to run and that's something that you kind of learn and 
from feedback from players. And if you're not going to do early access, it's going to be difficult to nail that out the, out of the gate. Um, so yeah, I yeah I, I wonder how much they how much work they do to this game. Yeah, definitely, and and I think there's just some things like that that could very much benefit this game overall, and because I think that's just one way and one reason why Hades just captured so many people um, is because of its progression, because of the way you can really fine tune the difficulty to what you kind of want, and that story was good. The characters are good. And I'm like, this game has all of that stuff. Um, but you know, it's just really fucking hard. And I, I get that like dark souls or, you know, Sekiro or something like those games are that way. They are fucking hard. And, and the reward is getting through them and getting good at the game. Um, I totally get that there's games like that. I'm not saying this game needs a baby mode. Um, I just feel, I just felt like, you know, I played this game for three hours, and I did have some good runs. I felt like I was getting better at the game, but every run I was like, well, I felt like I didn't really get anything out of that because there's not like any overarching progression that's going to help me or anything like that. Yeah, um, like I, I mean, a lot of other roguelike games do have something like that. You think of like Rogue Legacy, oh, you get currency, you can go spend back at the castle to give you permanent upgrades but yeah it, it sounds like there isn't anything like that you spend that currency on once like once you're back at what whatever after you die like there's yeah the, the stuff that carries over isn't necessarily something you can spend to make make the game a little bit easier definitely yeah so you know it's kind of it kind of comes down to what you find in the world that's all kind of randomly generated and your skill level um, yeah, that's kind of what this game's coming down to, and so yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I I'm very intrigued by it. It is cool. That, I mean, there's a couple other things that they do. Like the map is really well done. Um, it'll tell you what what's a side door and what's the main path to progress, uh, which I think is super smart. And then it also is just really detailed with little, you know, if, if there's health that you missed, um, or whatever, and then you eventually need, you know, there's a pretty good like uh fast travel system within the map so far this first one that uh is really nice so you can kind of backtrack and get other things that you need and um it, it, it and it does have some kind of metroidvania sort of vibes in that you know once once i unlocked the melee weapon for example that opened up so many different other avenues that i could explore within that map um, and I, I see there's other things around that I'm like, I don't understand what that is, but I know eventually I will, you know, when I get further in the game and then I'm going to have maybe some shortcuts or some other things that I could do. Um, you know, you just got to get to that point. Um, and then the last thing is that the PlayStation 5's DualSense controller. So... It's really interesting how they use the haptic feedback. Um, so every weapon has a, a main fire and then an alternate fire. And the alternate fire is usually something you can uh, that's kind of a, on a timed recharge. And it basically fires all the bullets out at once for the most part. Uh, there's one that's like some big electrical blast. but uh, And then, yeah, like I said, one that shoots like a grenade. But then another one that will shoot all the bullets out of the fucking weapon that you have 
and they are super powerful attacks. They look cool. They feel good. Um, and you can change it if you don't like it, but the way they used it is that if you only pull down the left trigger uh, L2 just a, a little bit, you'll aim. But if you pull it back all the way, then you'll do your alt fire. Um, so that's kind of uh, all on one button. And the way that the the resistance is in the trigger is really interesting. Um, I'm, I'm still not sure if I like it yet, though. Because there's times where I want to aim, but I'm pulling the trigger back a little bit too much just because that's what I'm used to. You know, you pull the trigger all the way to aim the gun. Um, so you can change it to where your alt fire and aiming are on different uh, triggers. So I might give that a shot if, but I've kind of got used to it. But it's kind of an interesting way to to do that sort of stuff. And I think Ratchet and Clank's going to be doing that. You know, mm-hmm. with with that of like, you know, you use the trigger in different ways. Um, yeah. So yeah. It's a it's a neat game and it's a really neat uh, evolution for Housemark um, because I know they were kind of like all arcade is dead sort of thing, um, but I feel like this is yeah. Kind but then of they a really return to then they go to the genre that the modern genre that is closest to what an arcade game would be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's definitely some things here that are very much in Housemark's DNA. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, it's a neat game. I, I want to play more of it, for sure. But that's that's all I got. Oh, all right. Well, um, I guess I'll, I'll do a couple of uh, couple games here real quick. I've been playing some more Final Fantasy XIV, Tyler. I'm not sure if you expected that at all. Uh, <laughs> I expected either that or Football Manager, so... Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't have Football Manager here, mm. uh, but... Um, Final Fantasy XIV, I've been leveling up the Warrior class, which is a tank class. I'm sure I've talked about it enough. Uh, leveled it up to 55 now. I'm, I'm getting up there with, with my Warrior class. I'm tanking. I'm actually doing content with mechanics <laughs> as a tank where I actually have to know shit. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a whole new experience because playing as just your standard uh, DPS, it's like, oh, just... Do your damage and don't get hit mm-hmm. by by the big glowy markers on the floor. So it's it's a different ball game when you're a tank because you have to make sure the boss is facing the right way. You have to make sure that uh, you have the aggro of all of the all of the enemies so they don't go attacking like your healers or whatever. And it's yeah, and and timing out all of your damage mitigation. Like there's there's a whole other layer to playing a tank that. Uh, requires a different level of attention that sometimes I don't have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun, though. Like, the outfits look good. Uh, the uh, class quests are, are good. Um, and yeah, it's it's a fun time. I am enjoying Final Fantasy XIV. I am very excited for Endwalker later this year. Um, yeah, I imagine that's just going to, like, take over your gaming oh. world. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the lead-up to Shadowbringers was, like, I mean, I I played, like, I played a good 300 hours of Final Fantasy XIV in the span of, like, four months to get mm-hmm. get through to Shadowbringers. Yeah, yeah, so, I <laughs> so, yeah. 
Um, very excited for that. Also, like, now that I've... I've played some Near Replicant. Mm. And now that I've played some Near Replicant, I understand some of the things in the last Alliance raid of, uh, of, of Final Fantasy fourteen. So... Yeah, there are definitely some links there. It actually, like, the final boss of the Alliance Raid is a reference to uh, the fifth Dragon Guard 2 ending, I believe. That is the one that spawned the Nier franchise. Hmm. Uh, so, Interesting. So, yeah. Um, really deep into that. And as I said, I played some Nier Replicant. I've played about, I want to say, 10 hours. Uh, haven't gotten to an ending yet because I keep doing all the side quests, which are pretty much exclusively bad 2010 <laughs> open world side quests. So, are they fetch quests sort of thing? There, or? there are some fetch quests. There mm. are quests where you have to go fish at a certain spot and mm. catch certain fish. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I am afraid not to do any side quests because I know that there is just so much writing in these games that, like, you can miss if you just don't, like, if you don't pay attention. I, I kind of want to extract all I can from Nier. Uh, so I will be playing Nier Replicant, and then I'll probably replay Automata. Ooh. Not going to lie. Yeah. How's um how's the combat and everything in, in Nier? Oh, it's Replicant? smooth. It good? I mean, it's... Yeah, it, it's good. It's not as good as Automata, but like, I didn't expect that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it 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 is serviceable. It is it doesn't feel like an old game to play, but a lot of the design is definitely old game design. Yeah. Um, certain things you just can't get around if you want to stay true to the original material. Um, but yeah, I am really enjoying it a lot. It's it's got its hooks in me. There are a lot. There are some good characters, Tyler. <laughs> there are some really good characters in Near Replicant. Um, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Although I'm not sure, I'm not sure I could convince you to play it though. Well, if, I actually picked it up. Okay. I just haven't, right. haven't started it yet. I, I I am intrigued just because Near Automata was a game that I didn't expect to like as much as i did and it's one of my favorite games of the last generation so i'm going to give this game a shot and i think that that world is so fascinating and and the characters are really good in near amada so i want more of that so if you're saying that this game has more of that i think i'll like it all right tyler um do you mind if I spoil a Dragon Guard game for you? For yeah. what's like, because I did a little bit of research and I learned what spawned this Near franchise. Do it, yeah. So Near, Near is based on a joke ending of Dragon Guard Two, I believe. Um, a joke and, ending? Yes. <laughs> a what? All right. Yes, it is a joke ending. Uh, where, so Dragon Guard's a game where you ride a dragon, where. You, I believe you ride a dragon and you fight gods, and uh, the last boss, you like, in this joke ending, you uh, you get teleported to New York City where you fight the last boss, and at the end of that fight, you think you've won, but then some fighter jets come and 
and shoot and kill the main character, you, and kill the god that you're fighting. And Nier spawns out of this because the god uh, disintegrates and its ashes are spread on the world and spreads a disease. And that's what spawns Nier. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah. <laughs> Yokotaru is... I, I think he is my maybe my favorite uh, director for for games. Like he he writes some good shit. <laughs> he so, writes some shit that is really interesting, and uh, just like wild ass shit that like it's 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 good. Like it isn't just like it isn't all just bullshit. Like like the big broader strokes of his stuff. It's like, oh yeah, that's that's just a load of shit. But it's, it's 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 bombastic in a way. But like, then you get to some some of the smaller moments where with with characters and yeah, he he writes good characters and he writes he writes good fiction. So mm-hmm. yeah, really excited. He wrote I, I this hear, game. Did he? Uh, yeah, dra- yeah. He he did the Dragon Guard games. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just and wanna... he and he's. He's done the near games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just want to make um, sure. Cool. But I I do agree with you though. Yoko Taro has turned into just to me like a Hideo Kojima sort of figure in the industry of like you pay attention to what he does because it's probably going to be very fascinating. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and apparently he's... I mean, I, I put it in the news, but apparently he's working on something else, too, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's what I've been playing, man. That's that's what I've been playing. Right on. Some near. It's it's good stuff. I'm doing some gardening right now. I'm trying to, uh, trying to make some hybrid flowers in a way that is <laughs> even more asinine than... Animal Crossing's hybrid system, <laughs> because you <laughs> you have to wait literal literal days to get what you want, <laughs> and it, even then, it might not turn out to be what you want. You could also just mess with the system clock if you want. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's enough about those games we've been playing. Um. We do, however, have some news, and, you know, I mentioned earlier we did some E3 predictions, slash summer predictions, and one of my predictions, I... Uh, do you have that copied over into our drive yet? I do, I, yeah. I, I did, yeah, I put it in a Google Doc under ah, okay. our podcast email. Alrighty, let me put that in there. Yeah, one of my predictions for Capcom was a new Ace Attorney. Yes. And, uh... We're getting the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles coming to uh, PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. Which suggests to me that maybe well, that prediction might be a little bit on the note. It might it might happen. I might, I might have a prediction that's coming true here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe. Be, and, and I'd say the other thing to add to that is that they just brought over the trilogy on ps4 mm-hmm. like last year i think it was um so yeah i mean it's either they're just trying to get these games out to more people um which i mean makes sense or they're they're gearing up for a potential new sequel that might be on console and not 
on um, 3DS. Well, it so. would be kind of weird for them to make a 3DS yeah. game. Yeah, right uh, at this point, so. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I think it'd be cool if they, they made a console um, Ace Attorney game. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's cool. So, these two games are uh, the great... The Great Ace Attorney from 2015 and its sequel um, are coming to PS4 uh, July 27th. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, also, hmm. Man, I don't know where to go. Like, there's so much news <laughs> from these past two weeks. Yeah. Shit. I'm going to put that down. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about Konami just yet. I mean, I do have a joke story real quick if you want. Yeah. Uh, if you want to talk about Olympic sports, Tyler. <laughs> well, let's do it. Uh, so Gran Turismo Sport is, is is an Olympic sport alongside what is this? Konami's e baseball, pro <laughs> powerful pro baseball. <laughs> yeah. But official Olympic sports, I mean. Gran Turismo Sport has uh, been partnered with the FIA for a long time now. Like, they've had official FIA, FIA series. Uh, so, yeah, like, but it's weird. As an Olympic sport, man. Yeah, I, I wonder what this opens the door for. Yeah, it, it is kind of a bizarre thing. So it's under the Olympic virtual series. Um, and so it's a whole, whole different thing, I guess, that they're going to be trying to do. Um, so, I mean, it's cool, I guess, that they're dipping into, um, competition in this way with video games. Uh, I also just think it's just such a weird thing for the Olympics to do, um, because, you know, the Olympics for as fucking long as time have been about, you know, a little bit more physical, I guess, uh, competition, you know. But mm-hmm. but I, I guess it, it does make sense for them to want to try to do more more virtual stuff. Uh, virtual, for lack of a better uh, term. Um, because, you know, video games are inherently competitive with a lot of things. So, you know, it could be cool to add that stuff in um but yeah why not i i I thought gran turismo was kind of an interesting pick uh i you know i get what you're saying about the fia i would just wonder you know what about like eye racing or something like that yeah that's more realistic um i guess um so i thought that was kind of an interesting pick to go with gran turismo well i mean what did they even say yeah, I guess they don't even really say what Gran Turismo game. Right, I would assume it's sport. Yeah, I... Unless so, this... Yeah. <laughs> surprise Olympic announcement, yeah. Gran Turismo <laughs> 7 outright yeah. at the start of the Olympics. Yeah, or they made some fucking special Olympic edition of Gran Turismo, I don't know, but... Yeah. Alright, well... Yeah, it's Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it is. Uh, all right, so we have we we have more serious news here, more yeah. more se- as serious as video games get. <laughs> uh, 
We got sales numbers for uh, PlayStation Five. I mean, it's the PlayStation Five is doing well. It is doing very well. It is doing uh, so well that I still can't buy one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Oh, yeah, the the entire PlayStation brand is doing insanely good right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, seven point eight million PlayStation Five consoles have been sold, uh, which is more than the seven point six million the PS Four sold in its same time period. Um, so under severe supply constraints and the console is a hundred dollars more the playstation 5 is outselling the ps4 um, yeah is on pace to do so and that's just insane to me uh it also really makes me wonder you know in a non-pandemic world what the playstation 5 would sell because you would imagine supply would be a lot better um mm, yeah like holy shit it is wild, and, and so overall, too, the PlayStation uh, had its highest revenue um, year ever at $25.04 billion, um, which is $5 billion more, pretty much, than the previous record that they had. So, yeah, I mean, it might, you know, we talked about, like, some really weird-ass things the PlayStation's been doing recently, like remaking The Last of Us. Um, and it might or shutting down the PlayStation stores, which they which they did reverse. Yeah, um, yeah, they yeah we didn't put that in the news here, but yes, <laughs> they reversed that decision. Right, yeah, which is great um, that they did that. So yeah, they they had some really bad couple of weeks in terms of like press um, and positive things, but as a whole, the brand is just crushing it. Um, yeah, it's just it's good to see for video games because, too, like Microsoft and Xbox had like a, a record breaking year for them. The Switch is still fucking crushing it. I mean, it's great to see the industry doing so well um, right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, and uh, it looks like the success is uh, is it's being backed with with some confidence here from from some PlayStation executives they, they say that the PlayStation 5 generation will have more exclusives uh, the quote here more dedicated software than ever before uh, yeah so we'll see what that looks like I, I imagine they're going to have to secure more studios to do that because if they keep if they keep wanting to like I I don't know I'm not sure exactly what this means though like because they say like or even earlier this year they're like they want to go with the big hits they want to have the blockbuster games but yeah like that doesn't necessarily translate to a quantity of games like i'm not i'm not sure how they re- say more exclusives than ever before but we'll see yeah it, it will be interesting in like exclusive is defined so weird because i mean they could go get a bunch of fucking indie games in small titles and you know that could be an exclusive and um could build out those numbers so what's what's kind of interesting when they say that is you know i think of like well 
of course, the big AAA exclusives that we all um, kind of expect, you know. So, yeah, and I think what... So there was, you know, when they came out with all the financials, another thing is that they're investing nearly $200 million into first-party studios. Um, So, you know, I'm sure that comes down to, you know, getting new talent, um, new IP, and potentially even buying studios and, and, and all that. So I think Sony's kind of in a spot where they can't be like Microsoft and go buy a Bethesda. They have to be smart about uh, maybe expanding their their own first-party studios to where there's maybe multiple teams within these studios they can get games out more frequently. Or, you know, I think, you know, we'll, we'll talk about one of the major ones. They're going to have to make third-party deals and sign a lot yeah. of stuff for four exclusives for the console. So, you know, it's just kind of wild that they're saying that Jim Ryan is saying that PlayStation five will have more exclusives than ever before. Um, you know, the exclusives have become pretty, um, important, I think over the last generation in particular, and PlayStation four had a lot of exclusives. So if you're saying PS five is going to get more than that, like, Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, one of the ways they can do that, as you mentioned, is publishing deals with, with third parties. And it seems like they're, go- they're, they're going that route here uh, with a brand new studio. Uh, their first game from, from Firewalk Studios. They're, Firewalk is making a AAA multiplayer game. And Sony is going to, uh, is going to get some exclusive uh, ex- exclusivity from that as being the publisher for that game. So, yeah, um, Firewalk Studios includes some some people from from that have worked on franchises that you know, uh, such as Destiny, Halo, Apex Legends, and Call of Duty. Uh, we don't know what this game is yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. This is kind of a weird announcement. Sony had another one recently of uh, Jade Raymond's new studio, Haven, to where it's like, yeah, they're a new studio. They're making a new IP for PlayStation. That's mm-hmm. cool. Um, <laughs> this is kind of another thing where I feel like the announcement's just kind of like, all right, cool. Like, <laughs> I- I'm... I'm intrigued, I guess, uh, just by the concept of what it could be because of the talent at the studio. You know, Destiny, Halo, Apex, Call of Duty. I mean, those are, you know, some of the multiplayer games of the past, you know, nearly two decades now. Um, so, you know, there there could be something neat there. I mean, like you said, we have nothing else to really go off of, though. But I think it's a good thing for Sony to engage a team like this, you know, uh, because their own first-party teams are so focused on single-player, AAA, action-adventure, open-world games that, you know, multiplayer is the spot that they need to fill a lot more and you know 
maybe this uh, can turn out to be a good thing. Who knows? But it's also just so hard to launch a multiplayer game. Yeah. So I, I hope Sony's <laughs> committed to this game, and, and also this game just has a has a good hook to it. Yeah, I, I wonder. Like, yeah, I I wonder how far out this is. Yeah. Like, I, I imagine it's very far away. You know. Yeah. So they're, they're going to have to like they're going to like it's at the point where they're going to have to reannounce that this deal exists. <laughs> yeah, definitely, and it. It's another one of those just kind of weird announcements by Sony. Is like, I just kind of wish, like, the Haven announcement I get, because that's a brand new studio. But, like, Sony doesn't really, I feel like they reveal things in really weird ways sometimes. Like, like God of War Ragnarok, with basically just a logo saying 2021, and we haven't seen fucking nothing of that game since. And like this here, like, here's some logos. See you later. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> like, I don't know. I just feel like some of some of their upcoming announcements, and I'm sure we'll get it sometimes this sometime this summer, just need some fucking hype behind it. You know? To get get people really excited. But I don't know. Yeah. The hype train can also be a a detriment. Too. Yeah, uh a hype train that <laughs> We're we're at the beginning for here, for The Last of Us Part Three. <laughs> oh well, anyone getting on the hype train at this point is I will label a sicko, because um, this story literally says uh, The Last of Us Part Three has a plot, but it's not being made yet. <laughs> so, yeah, don't I would expect. Hmm. I would expect The Last of Us Part 3 to come as one of the last exclusives for the PlayStation 5. <laughs> yeah, I could totally see that happening. Um, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you, we get a Last of Us each console generation. That's that's what we'll get. Yeah. And I'm fine with that because too much Last of Us uh, is not something that the world needs. And this comes yeah. from someone who really likes The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2. You know, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, I really do not like for one remaking the last of us like I don't know we really don't need that but I really don't want Naughty Dog uh, to make this game next and mm-hmm. I even imagine within the studio if I was working there I would not want to make this game right away after just spending four years making the last of us part two which is already a super depressing video game and world that you have to work on all the time and uh do i want a a part three um maybe uh you know i do feel like the story left off at a at a fine spot but of course there's some ways it could go but you know i just i don't want it right away um that's that's the only thing But, but then also like to me i'm like of course they have a plot like these studios always, and, and it just goes for any entertainment, they're always thinking about what could be next for their IP. And so, of course, Neil Druckmann, who writes and has basically created The Last of Us, is has ideas of what he would do with another game. Um, so in a way, like, 
this isn't really news to me. No. Um, <laughs> but The Last of Us gets clicks, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, yeah, that, like I said, that game's not, not even, not even, <laughs> it doesn't exist. It does not exist yet. No, no, it doesn't. And it won't exist for a very, very long time if it even does. Would yeah. you play a Last of Us Part 3? I feel like I'd have to. I feel like I'd have an obligation to. <laughs> like, I've played the first two games. Mm-hmm. Like, even if, I, even if I'm not, like, hot on it as a series, I feel like I kind of have to, just to see it out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like Game of Thrones, where you kind of just have to see it out to the end, even though, like, you've already gotten past the best bits. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that definitely happened with Game of Thrones, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, also confirmed coming later this year is Among Us. It's coming to PlayStation 5 and PS4, and looky there, there's a Ratchet and Clank skin in in Among Us. All right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I feel like this game had its moment last year. <laughs> I feel like this is a little bit late, but we'll see. I'm not sure how big Among Us is, if it's still big or not. Like, I don't, I don't really pay attention to the streaming spaces anymore. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it probably is. I feel like it probably is among kids, maybe too, um, as a game to play mm-hmm. with their friends. But yeah, I don't. I, uh, I I think it's good that PlayStation is getting Among Us because that has been one of the biggest games over the past uh, year, but I agree with you that it does feel a little late. Mm -hmm. For sure. And then what I'm also curious about, because I know the game's on PC, I think it's on Xbox and Switch. I would love to know the numbers on console versus mobile, because Mm -hmm. I feel like mobile is like just the way to play this game. I mean, it was designed as a mobile game, but... um, you know, because you kind of have to have voice communications and everything. So, you know, and that could yeah. get a little bit cumbersome on a console or a PC uh, with a big group, whereas mobile, it's you know, it's pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. So I, I am curious what the the player base for Among Us is on on console versus mobile. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, that's. Yeah. That's a thing, I guess. We'll, we'll yeah. see. I have, I have never played Among Us. No, me either. Me either. Uh, um, but good on them. Like that's 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 an old game. Yeah, it is. And Doesn't say yeah. when it's coming to PlayStation, but you know it'll it'll be here eventually. I do think it's it's a pretty smart crossover for Sony and and Insomniac to do with Ratchet. I think it's a good good way. You know, uh, you know. I think it's more of just a brand recognition thing in Among Us. You know, mm-hmm. just kids being like, "Oh, what's that? That that dude looks pretty cool." Or what's that little robot? And then they go check out Ratchet and Clank potentially. I mean, it could it could lead to some of that. Um, and has Among Us? I mean, I, I'm not into Among Us, but has they have they had any like? brand crossovers like this that you can remember? 
Oh, I can't, I can't remember anything, but I wouldn't put it like beyond like it's yeah. it's it is one of the games where you can map IP to it pretty easily. Like mm-hmm. I mean it, it's it I'm I don't mean this as a detriment, but like default characters in Among Us aren't really characters. <laughs> like you can just map you can just put slap whatever skin you want on them and uh yeah. You have a crossover. Yeah. So. Right. Um, yeah. Now let's talk about games uh, that are being made. Or question mark. Yoko Taro working on a new game. Uh, the headline, Yoko Taro is working on a new game that he has no idea how to explain or sell. <laughs> <laughs> Which tells me that it's probably going to be something I'm into. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there aren't really too many details on this, like, not even any detail, like, as to if it's an existing, like, if it's adjacent to any of, like, his existing franchises or anything like that, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's making, he's making a new game. <laughs> I love it, and I love that this is this is the quote because it's just it's the best thing that he could say, um, and and I'm just like I'm so intrigued by that. Um, I, I love there's there's uh, just reading more of the the quote here. Um, he said, "This is a somewhat unusual game. I've created something mysterious that I have no." that I have no idea how to explain or sell. Saito chimed in by mentioning that it'll feel nostalgic and new and also assured viewers that the company staff thinks it will definitely sell well. <laughs> mm-hmm. So at least they have some confidence in uh, in that it will be a good game that will sell. So that's yeah. that's cool, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I mean... They say it's it's a new game. I'm I'm curious, like if they ever go back and remake the Dragon Guard games, yeah, or if they ever continue the Dragon Guard series, because like they did make a Dragon Guard three, which came after Near, mm-hmm. like which released after Near. It's not like those in that world that that kind of split off into different <laughs> different timelines. But yeah, Dragon Guard is still a thing. Like. I want to say it released in 20... Dragon Guard 3 was 2011? Yeah, it sounds about right. From what I remember. Um, or no, 2013. Shit. That, yeah. Alright. Uh, but yeah, like... There's... I, 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 I wonder what, what, what he's going to do here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Ah... Uh, Always making weird shit. I like weird shit sometimes. Mm-hmm. A-, a lot of the time, I like weird shit. <laughs> um, also, makers of weird shit are is at uh, Yakuza Studio. Uh, they they have they released a launch trailer for to celebrate the uh, next gen or uh, the PS5 and Series X release for Judgment. Uh, and. They have a new announce. They have announcement. They, they have an announcement teased for next month. So, yeah, something new from the Yakuza Studio next month. Wow. What do you think it uh, could be? 
Do you, like, do you think judgment's something that they will continue? Yeah, I mean, it's something they definitely could continue. They left that open. Like, it's it's not like Yagami dies at the end of Judgment. Sorry if that's a spoiler for anyone. But uh, <laughs> he's still alive and kicking at the end of that game. So if they wanted to, they could continue that. Or they could do an even further spinoff. Like, there, there, there's plenty of... I would trust the, the studio to do, like, whatever they want to. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I, what I would love is just like, I, I would love a continuation of the, hmm, I'm not sure how, should I spoil Yakuza 6? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, because I'm not going to get around to playing it anytime hmm. soon, so yeah, go for it. Because at the end of Yakuza 6, Kiryu basically has to fake his own death, um, so that even the people closest to him don't even know he's alive anymore uh to protect them uh, so, some for some reason he has to be dead for the people he loves to be safe so yeah and it, i just want to see what what old man kiryu was up to because he's like man shit i'm trying to backtrack here and figure out how old kiryu is at this point because <laughs> i think he was like he had to have been like Late teens, early twenties in the eighties, which is where Yakuza Zero picks up. So, that's so forty. He has to be like in his sixties, late fifties or sixties. Wow! At this point, so yeah, see what old man Kiryu is up to. <laughs> uh, he still, yeah, he, I, I imagine he still kicks ass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I. I really like the Yakuza Studios games a lot, so looking forward to seeing whatever that is. Yeah. Um, I also feel like they they just crank games out, dude. Like, yeah, I, I they, guess they, they have. Do. I mean, they kind of have to have multiple teams to just put out all these different games, so yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also, coming to... Uh, the PlayStation 5 uh, this summer uh, is an upgraded version of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, what? Hmm. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it'll be a f- free upgrade. They don't really say what, what it is, but I think we can all probably assume what it will be. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's coming this summer, free upgrade for anyone. And then also the game is on sale 70% off on pretty much PS4, Xbox, and PC. So you could go get it super duper cheap right now and then get that PS5 upgrade for free this summer. Um, so that's cool. Uh, this game's fucking awesome. And uh, I think the next-gen upgrade will be perfect for this game because there were some kind of funky things about it. Uh, playing it, um, just some frame rate and uh, movement stuff that didn't feel super great. Um, that the next gen upgrade, I think, will will be it. And so I'm kind of intrigued. I, I know this game's not a super hard platinum, so you know I would be intrigued by maybe going back with the next gen upgrade and getting that platinum if my save carries over. 
which I didn't really mm-hmm. fully say, but I would assume it does. So, but yeah. All right. Uh, this one happened soon after we recorded last time. Yeah, la- this happened a couple weeks ago. <sighs> the new Apex Legends character. Yeah. Valkyrie. They released a trailer. Valkyrie looks fucking rad. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure if you've see, seen this, but I am stoked to fucking play Valkyrie. <laughs> yeah, he, he does look very cool. Indeed. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, I've, Apex just continues to uh, continues to hit, like with these story trailers and everything. It's 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 a good time. Yeah, so Valkyrie is uh, from Titanfall two, so I guess this is kind of part of the big old thing that they said uh, of incorporating more uh, Titanfall into the new season. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty neat. Um, and then also for season nine, there's the whole new arena game mode that's yep. being added, mm-hmm. which is like a three v three game mode that seems pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm very uh, curious to give that a shot. So like they, it seems like they're kind of reusing the maps in a way, but kind of I guess tweaking them for uh, for this arena mode. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's going to be like a permanent, brand new thing, which is really, really kind of fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm all in, man. I, I feel like respawn just like they, they, they don't put a foot wrong here. Like they, they have consistently done good work with uh, Apex. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it just seems like every character they put out is like, you know. This this character is cool, and it yeah you know changes the game in a unique way, and to keep yeah. that rolling with every season is pretty impressive. Yeah, which it, it makes me wonder, like, how many characters are they going to end up with? Yeah, like it's. Yeah. I mean, I I guess when Apex started, it was kind of a small character pool, but they've really expanded that out. Yeah, um. definitely. So yeah. We'll we'll get a we'll get to play Valkyrie here pretty soon. What what when does this come out? I like, not is it this this I want to say it's this week. So yeah, I, I think it yeah I think it's this coming week. Let me look that up because oh, I wasn't fully Legends sure. Legends season nine. Um, May fourth, yeah. On okay. on Star Wars Day it starts. Sweet. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's really soon. I'm I'm definitely gonna try that out before uh, we record next week. So yeah. Awesome. We should talk about that other uh, other battle royale we sometimes play. Um, so you know, Toys for Bob, the the people who made that Crash Bandicoot four. Uh, they're going to be working on Call of Duty Warzone now. Um, I don't know how this works, but uh, if we if we can get if we can get Crash Bandicoot and Call of Duty, that that would be okay. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty pretty cool. Um, 
Yeah. This is kind of a weird story because Activision also has completely denied it. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the reporting basically is that Toys for Bob has basically been put on Call of Duty Warzone. Toys for Bob, they made Crash 4 and uh, the Insane Trilogy. Um, So, yeah, and kind of some people have come out and, and said that they have left the studio and... You know, other people that they were working with got laid off. Uh, Eurogamer also said that, hey, you know, this is what we've heard as well. But then Toys for Bob um, also tweeted out saying that they are supporting, you know, season three of Call of Duty Warzone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it seems like they are and, you know... I don't know. It's Activision. It wouldn't surprise me if they're maybe sweeping some things under the rug here a little bit. But, I mean, they are saying that I guess there's some full-time job openings at Toys for Bob. But is that, you know, to support Warzone or is that to make more Crash Bandicoot or do something Mm -hmm. else? I I don't know. Uh, If, if If Toys for Bob does turn into just a Call of Duty another Call of Duty support team, that sucks to me. Yeah. Just because they've done some really cool stuff recently, and, like, them basically reviving Crash Bandicoot and and all that is fucking awesome. And to not get any more of that, you know, from them sucks. So I hope, you know, I hope, you know, if they get put on Warzone, that they still can do other stuff like a Crash Bandicoot. Um, but man, you know, it just shows how much Call of Duty just swallows teams over at Activision. And how I much, mean, if you work at Activision Blizzard, you're not allowed to make cool things like the Tony Hawk reboot or Crash Bandicoot. You just get rolled into other things. <laughs> yeah, you are. Because you if you're successful, you just get rolled into uh, the big IP or franchise that they want you to work on. Yeah, and all because of those franchises that they kind of roll teams into just make so much more money you know call of duty makes infinitely more money than a crash bandicoot does i get that but you know it just just kind of sucks and and as a studio you don't want to just put every all your eggs in one basket but mm-hmm. i guess if it's the call of duty basket and the warzone basket that basket probably won't be empty anytime soon so mm yeah. Uh, also what... not empty despite this news is Bobby Kotick's wallet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I, hate, I hate this dude's fucking face, man. I just do. Like, every time yeah, I, I see yeah, his I face, just scroll I just get past it. <laughs> yeah, I just get angry. I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah. You're just a dude who gets paid a lot. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> to do, I don't know what. <laughs> um... But yeah, uh, so there's a story here about um, there's being he has agreed to with um, I forget who else who who was this negotiation with, but the main story here is uh, Bobby Kotick had his uh, salary and his bonuses cut, um, so yeah his say his salary has been. Has been his base salary has been cut from a 
one and three quarter million to eight hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Uh, and then his um, yeah, his bonuses also took took a cut as well. So yeah, Bobby Kotick's taking a little bit of a pay cut. Does that change the fact that um, that like they're still gonna do a shit ton of layoffs? Like, all right. You can see that, okay, a 50% pay reduction, that's $875,000, alright? When you right. think about 800, I'm not saying he shouldn't get paid or anything, but when you think about $875,000 and how big a company Activision is, how that gets spread out is hardly the issue here. The issue is just how you behave as a company. Like, I don't care particularly how much the CEO gets paid as long as they don't like treat their workers as disposable which they have done in year in, in recent years like that that's like the issue isn't how much Bobby Cota gets paid that's a thing you can point to when they do have all these layoffs and or, and everything but unless like unless policy changes like with how frequently they can turn over employees like this doesn't really change my view of Activision very much they are still kind of a kind of a blood-sucking uh, source of like vampires of the industry that like kind of take developers in and chew them up and spit them out when they're when they don't have any use for them anymore so yeah I don't know man yeah I it seems like this pay cut is more of a PR announcement than anything. Right. Yeah, definitely. And and when they say that, you know, you know, because it's because of some scrutiny and how they're being looked at and stuff, like, eh, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, like, I totally agree with you. Like, it's inevitable that a CEO is going to make a lot, lot of money and probably a lot more money than any average person needs. But, yeah, when you're making $30 million a year and then laying off 800 employees after telling your shareholders that you had had a amazing year, that's mm-hmm. fucked up. Like, yeah. So I, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it, it's just... It's just AAA video game industry stuff, really. Like, that's that's just... That's how it has been for a while now. And I, unless some things massively change, I, I'm... Like, perhaps a workers' union for game developers, which I don't really see... I, I don't see happening anytime soon. No. There just isn't a, enough of a movement for that yet. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right time to talk about e3 a little bit or just stuff happening this year events uh konami we had we had konami predictions <laughs> because we did they say they were going to be at e3 uh e3 said that they had an early commitment mm-hmm. and konami Which they was have on now list. backed out of <laughs> right yeah uh i'll just read their official statement they tweeted um Due to timing, we will not be ready to present E3 present at E3 this year. We want to reassure our fans that we are in deep development on a number of key projects, so please stay tuned for some updates in the coming months. 
While we are not participating this year, we have great respect for the ESA, and 2021 will be a great success. We will continue to support the ESA and wish the best to all participants at this year's show. Uh, so they, <laughs> they are deep. In, they are in deep development on a number of key projects, but none of them available for E3, even though they, yeah, okay, all right. They can't even do the EA thing where they show very little, but you know <laughs> there's a thing there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of those things of, like, I'm curious what deep development on these projects are and, what, like, what the projects are. But mm-hmm. putting yourself, you know, in the list of companies with E3 already comes with uh, some hype that maybe, you know, kind of like, the, you know, the first sentence there that they just won't be ready for. And they don't yeah. want to disappoint anyone because it's fucking E three, and that could that could be a big blow uh, to a company if if you have a bad E three potentially. Um, I'm you know that might change uh, with this E three since you know just the state of announcements have totally changed. Um, but yeah, I mean that that could could definitely be the case. I, it also makes me wonder what the ESA means by saying they have an early commitment from these yeah. publishers. Like, what? what is that early commitment? <laughs> is it... Did, did they just, like, send a DM? Uh, yeah. To Konami, it's like, hey, you in for E3 this year, maybe? And then Konami just sends back a thumbs up. Right. And that's, that's the early commitment. Yeah, pretty much. It, who knows? Who knows if you you're know. still making video games? Yep. All right. We'll see at E3. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah. I wonder if there's any monetary sort of thing with that early commitment or not. Or I don't know. Or or they had that early commitment and then ESA was like, okay, you made that early commitment. Where's our money? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then Konami's like, oh, we're still paying for this. <laughs> no thanks. Um. We don't need to pay you money to present our fishing game. That's absolutely going to happen, according to my predictions. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, unless uh, it's in another conference, like a Xbox or PlayStation, I guess uh, all of our Konami predictions are fucked. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do they do? What does a Konami? What does an independent Konami online presentation look like? Ugh. Is yeah, it, I don't know, man. <laughs> does it happen <laughs> in a pachinko machine? <laughs> yeah. And you watch the watch the presentation in a pachinko machine. Probably, probably. Uh, all right. Also happening later this year, where video games may or may not be announced or whatever. The DC Fandom. Yeah. Isn't this where they announced like the Suicide Squad and the that uh, Gotham Knights game last year? Yes. It so is. they're going to do it again and have those exact same games again. <laughs> I would imagine so. Um, yeah. So DC Fandom's back October sixteenth this year. Yeah. yeah, I can't unless they're working on some other things. I imagine we'll be seeing those two games again. Maybe some gameplay of them. Um, 
you know, especially um, Suicide Squad, but maybe a, another chunk of Gotham Knights and maybe a new release date since that got pushed out of this year. Mm-hmm. You know, in October, you know, it doesn't seem too unrealistic to me. So, so yeah, it'd be cool. And uh, I am I'm down for DC fandom. I, I didn't really watch much of it last year. Uh, but their announcements were fucking awesome. And so if it's anything like last year's, I'm down for, for at least the announcements and trailers. Why not? Yeah, but like, what what announcements can they make if they don't have <laughs> additional games? Like, if, if all they've got are those two games they announced last year, like, yeah. what are they doing having their own presentation? Yeah, I mean, gaming-wise, I, I have no clue what else they would announce really you know because those are the only two studios that Warner has that is making anything DC related you know unless they are partnering with you know other studios to do stuff um I can't see them really announcing anything video uh, anything video game wise I, I imagine we'll totally get some movie and TV announcements for sure. That's probably the big thing that will come out of this is those sort of announcements. Tyler, we'll see. You know, the the thing they could. Hmm. So Nether Realms hasn't been like they made that MK whatever that 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 last Mortal Kombat. What if it's Injustice Three? What if they? Mm, what if it's Injustice Three? Yeah. I didn't think of that, but I Add could... that to the prediction. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I could um, be... that. I could see that happening. I did not like, think of that's that. The, that's the only thing I can think of at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And, man, so Mortal Kombat 11, was that... That was last year, right? Was or it? was that 2019? That was 2019. That was 2019. So... Yeah, and Nether Realms is typically on a two to three year cycle between Injustice and Mortal Kombat, so I could totally see that happening, actually. Yeah. Huh. Huh. All right. Well, you heard it here, folks. It's uh, it's Injustice three this this holiday season. Definitely not getting delayed. <laughs> um. And yeah, that's. That's the news. Uh, we do have an additional PSA for y'all out there who have PlayStation Plus. Um, we, we, we know what the May PS Plus games are going to be. And they are. And I think it's an okay lineup. I think it's an okay. I think it's... Mm-hmm. You know what? I'll even say this is a good lineup. Yeah. Uh, we've got Wreckfest. Uh, that's, that's only PS5, I believe, right? Yes. That's, yeah, which, yes, they made a PS5 version of Wreckfest. Uh, I saw some video. It looks good. Um, cool. Got Battlefield Five and Stranded Deep uh, on the PlayStation 4. So, yeah. Ah. Yeah, it's it's not a bad lineup. I saw some people yeah. talking shit on Wreckfest. I'm like, fuck you. Probably haven't yeah. even played it. Wreckfest <laughs> is is a lot of fun. Yeah, so. it really is, and I mean, I'll I'll check it out because yeah, some of those those new things look new uh, enhancements to the game look pretty cool. Yeah, I feel like Battlefield Five is a perfect game to give away for free. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. And I don't know what the hell Stranded Deep is. <laughs> I, so. I don't know either other than it's a survival game. That's okay. That's all I know. All right. Ah, uh, that's new. That's everything. That's all. That's all we put on here for this week. We didn't want to cover everything because we didn't want to have a very long podcast. But here we are, an hour <laughs> and a half in. Yeah. And I'm kind of itching to play some video games, Tyler. I'm not sure about you. Yeah, I am. I am. So we're going to go do that, but before we do, I have to tell you all a few things. One thing that I have to tell you to do is rate and review us on your podcast app and share us with your friends. That's really the best way you can help us. If you need us to help you, you can contact us via email at playstationreportpodcast at gmail.com or via Twitter at psreportpodcast. You can find me at the Arctic Sloth. You can find Tyler and his YouTube channel at PluggedOnVids. Until next week, be good to each other, play your video games, and...